Minnesota, and the world, welcome to the People's Pitch, the official podcast of your Minneapolis city. As always, I am Nate, and I am joined by the James Franco to my Seth Rogen, <laughs> Mr. John Bisworm. John, this last week was a rough one for the city faithful, but this is only the start of the season, so we have to pull up our pants, ice up our collective nutsacks, and make some adjustments and uh, get better. Uh, Nate, I really don't have too much to say right now until we dive into the details, but soccer is a total bitch sometimes, and we let that little bitch smack us in the face. Please proceed. All right, so we got lots of discussion about soccer incoming. Of course, we're going to have recaps of both the Med City and Fusion games from last week, and we're going to talk about that thing we did with Minnesota United that we couldn't talk about, but now we can talk about. And uh, we're also going to touch on the upcoming friendly at the Des Moines menace. And I'm going to try to keep the summits down to a baker's dozen before we're done. <laughs> well, let's get, let, let's, let's get let's going. Give, so let's can... give you a reason to, to start, to start strong with those summits. Uh, <laughs> let's start with med city. This was obviously not the homestand that we were looking for to start our season. Um, especially after that draw against Duluth. We took a loss to Med City and then a loss to Dakota, and they they leave town on their pimped out bus with three points while we look sadly at our single lone point. <laughs> Dude, their bus was pimped out. We're, we were saying, hey, you guys aren't going to stay overnight? And the, one of the guys on the team was like, no, man, we got TVs on our bus. <laughs> and I'm like, really? You got... You guys have TVs on your bus. We uh, we're, we all fit into one 15 passenger van, all 18 of us. So, um, but anyways, um, what we know now, Nate, is um, we just roll through the heart of the order of the first half of the season, um, and we can and we can kind of hang with that. Um, let, me, let me start that over. <laughs> uh, we just roll through the heart of the order um, for the first time this season, and we can hang with. And at times, we're far better than the other um, teams that we saw in the top half of the league, which yeah. is very encouraging. What we also learned is that a win is a win. They don't ask how. They ask how many. And ugly soccer, two, beautiful game, zero. So we need to get used to the fact that perhaps perfecting a style of play, um, you know, we can perfect an identity, but perfecting a style of play might not be the way for us to collect points in this, in this league. Whoa, all right. You, I'll, I'm, I'm looking forward to you elaborating on that point. Let's jump into Med City um, first. And we, if you weren't there, if you didn't catch up, the starting lineup was, uh, of course, Matt Elder in goal. We had AO, Nate Engel, Trey, and Abdallah Ba was back. This was the return of Abdallah Ba. Uh, they were the back line. And then, of course, we had Steve and Coleman as holding midfielders, and Martin played more of an attacking midfielder role. And we had Javi and Goose on the wings, and Timmy Wills up top. We had AJ, Wex, Will, Connor, Max, Charlie, and Peter on the bench. We had no Whitney, of course, remember, due to his uh, BS red card for the elbow that he never threw versus Duluth. So brief recap, of course, you can read all this online. You've probably read it on 55.1 or NPSL Northern, but... Uh, in my opinion, this game started a lot cleaner and a lot less physical, but Med City was able to take advantage of some poor control and some bad passing to really shock us with two early goals, both from the left side and into the top right corner. Of course, the first goal was uh, by Dumich uh, on Med City, and this that was just a that was just a butte. He just uh, just laced it into the top right from from the left. Um, and then the second goal came two minutes later or thereabouts, one minute later uh, from Turnbull on Med City. And that was that was off an errant pass from the back line. He was able to intercept it quickly and uh, and turn and fire. And Matt was out of position, not ready for it. And he put it pretty much put it in the same spot that Dumich did, which was a little which was definitely unfortunate. 
But then we were able to strike back with Timmy Will's goal. This is all this is all in the first half, so it was very action packed and uh, kind of a after that after those two goals, which felt like a total punch in the face, uh, we were able to kind of come back and get our composure. And uh, Timmy Will's scored on a Martin Brown set piece after yet another foul on Goose uh, near the outside of the box. Uh, we should start nice... racking up assists for Goose on some of these. Yeah, I mean, right? You gotta, you gotta credit him on something. He's, <laughs> right? he's at least, he's at least taking, taking some bruises, uh, taking his hits in order to, in order to get some goals in. He still has his cleat mark. Um, I saw him after the scrimmage la- uh, last night. He still has his cleat mark from the Duluth game, uh, where his shin guard should have been. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, damn, Goose, that looked like it hurt. So that was nice to see Tim Wills get on the score sheet off of set piece uh, with it with a sweet header. Uh, but that was it. That was it for scoring. In the second half, we came out with definitely more of an attacking mindset. We weren't um, we weren't looking to pass as much side to side. But Med City answered with um, with number forty one. They subbed in this guy Mo uh, Taglian, who is like six foot seven. This guy's just a monster, and he Looks just like ate Kevin up, Durant. He just actually. ate up balls in the middle. That was all. That was all his job was. Yeah, he he he. I, no joke, looked like Kevin Durant. Like he could scratch his kneecaps while he was standing up. His arms were so long, <laughs> just like oh, they basically deployed a sweeper. Yeah, but oh to totally. Kind of, but to kind of you know double back a little bit, the day I thought looked to get off to a decent start as we were kind of possessing the ball and controlling the tempo. Um, but then for about twenty minutes of the match. They just really wanted it more than us, and they kind of like hit another gear. And we talked about that kind of, we joked about like their sports medicine um, partnership with with um, the Mayo Clinic sports medicine department. But it kind of was true. They like hit another gear when we were kind of trying to still find our way into the game, um, and we were, and you know, they wanted it more than us, and they were able to produce two goals that stunned us. So again. We were punched in the face, and we immediately get pushed to the back foot again, um, and that required us to get out of our game plan of trying to to work the ball, um, you know, through our style that I had mentioned, um, and then we were lumping balls forward to try to create chances. But in fact, um, that played right into their plans with putting in a sweeper style back line because the ball just kept going into, you know, to the numbers that they had in their yep. advantage. Yep. Um. So. It got a little frantic at times um, as they were absorbing our pressure. I mean, we really did have the majority of the pressure in outside of that 20 minutes that I talked about. Um, and frantic it was seeing a ball hit the post, a fantastic goalkeeper save, and then a bicycle kick off the goal line at the death, uh, which ended the game. So, you know, like I mentioned, once again, we were pushed to the back the back foot and we didn't know how to respond to it because we're, we're so used to playing our own style that... It um, it's tough to come out of that and then try to produce something. Yeah, and not three days later, of course, Dakota Fusion came to town where we we put out a fairly similar starting lineup. Um, we replaced AO with Charlie Adams. Charlie uh, had been showing off. had been showing some good stuff, uh, and AO was out of town. Uh, we put AJ at the back with Trey and Abdallah, uh, Steve in his same position, Martin. And Wexler instead of Coleman, which uh, which I thought was a was a good call. Coleman obviously was a planned absence, um, but Wex came in at the end of the Med City game and showed some energy. So it's good to see his energy right off the bat. And then uh, Whitney was back, so we had him opposite Goose. And the big change, which I I found interesting, was putting Will Kidd at striker instead of on the wing. And it paid off. Ding ding ding! Not <laughs> yeah. a bad move. Um, Not a bad you know, his, move. His work rate and his ability to sniff out sniff out those. Uh, those balls uh, really, really, really helped us out. <laughs> and uh, only, uh, only a couple small bench changes as Miles were Miles was back on the bench and Kevin Hoof was back, and so that was good to have him on the bench. Yep. Um, so I think as far as this game goes, this game was particularly frustrating because I thought we, I thought we, this is a game. If if the Med City wasn't, this is a game we should have won. Um, mm-hmm. You know, against the league leaders here, we. Uh, we looked better on the ball. We looked better on the attack, but and we were less focused on working that attack through Goose. We were able to move the ball around a lot more to our other players. Um, but Fusion lived on the counter, and we dropped two second half goals to lose to these guys. Uh, the the first goal, you know, Fusion came out and they they fired first. Uh, number fi- they're number fifteen. Um, I forget his name. Some Polish guy uh, <laughs> named Adrian. Uh, you know he. 
he had a long distance rip pretty much against the flow of play just yeah it went through like nine i i I rewatched it went through nine players before and matt didn't see it just incredibly unlikely unlikely that 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 ball would have would have gone in but but it did and all of a sudden as is as was against you know med city we were down early but we came back and we came back hard uh will kid seven minutes later had a great uh, had a great shot shot from the top right of the box. He he'd stolen the ball uh, on the on the right wing, and and danced around to the defender, danced around a second defender, and after his after someone yelled from the crowd shoot, he shot, and it uh, it it was it went true, man. That was that was good to see Will back on the score sheet, our Golden Boot winner from last year. Then he followed up with hitting the post off uh, off of a header on a set piece. I know, too. amazing. Like you don't you you don't think that uh, you know he's the kind of guy that. That can that can really get in there and, and fight for headers, but but he did it and it was it was awfully close. This yeah. guy was this guy was so close to a brace. Um, and then lo and behold, another foul <laughs> at the top of the box on Goose. Who? Yep. <laughs> yep. And another goal for number seven, Martin Brown Jr. Uh, and I and I said it over the over the over the PA like you knew it was going to happen. You knew when he lined up, it was the almost the exact same. Exact same situation as his goal against Minnesota and his goal against uh, uh, Duluth. Yep, and I think the the cool part about his goal was that if you go back and and watch, which you can't unless you have the the downloadable file, like I do, um, <laughs> they actually put seven guys in the wall and they overloaded the left side of the wall, and the goalie was kind of cheating towards the middle thinking that Martin was going to go far post um, yeah. around the wall. And he went up and over the, 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 the short side to the right and yep. completely caught the goalie napping. Like he had, he had no chance at it. Beautiful. Um, like, like you said, that guy could put it in a paper bag and, and we'll talk about this in a bit, but eventually these teams got to figure out just, you got to stop fouling outside. You got to stop fouling yeah. when our, when we got, when our guys get that close or you're screwed. Right. Right. So first half, I thought we were the better side. And I'll be honest with you, as I always am, um, almost to a fault sometimes. Um, but although we lost to them, Dakota Fusion is not the best team in our division. They have the best record in our division, but that just shows us how weird this division is. I actually thought Med City was the far better side um, who played better overall soccer. You know, they, they looked to possess the ball. They they worked their attack up. It wasn't all long ball the whole time. Um but you know, that's that's how soccer goes, uh, and we saw them pull back on um, on us. And I thought that you know, here we go again. It's it's another game where the second half we come out and and we don't uh, we don't we don't play with the the sense of urgency to not continue to attack, but to kill a game out and just play play our style and and keep the ball and not make mistakes. Yep, Duluth, that exactly what happened with Duluth. Where second half we just couldn't close her down. Um, we came out a little slower, and it cost us because we got beat on that counter bad. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the first goal in the second half to tie the game came up after a city cross was cleared uh, out into the midfield, and Steve just couldn't corral it. It was kind of a weird, uh, weird clearance that might have caught him a little bit by surprise. He couldn't he couldn't take control of it, and that fusion player was on top of him and took the ball right from his feet and it was just him versus charlie adam and i felt bad for charlie as the as the lone guy back to defend he did everything right that he has to do yep he his held hip, up you know, the play. hips were on a swivel he held up the play um yep. but in the end and that guy was that, that guy was fast man it was uh and i believe that was the guy that had just been subbed in right number uh number that 17. was that that was their yeah kate Kaysen or something yeah he's their best player um sure. and you told me when he came in look out for this guy um, mm-hmm. So that sucks, right? Like, oh, sh- now, you know, off of, off of that kind of fluke. But the flukes just keep, keep get kept getting flukier because Fusion took the lead on a mishit cross that just kind of drifted across the box, bounces off the post and into the bounces off the far post and into the net. And I just can't believe that like a FIFA style goal ends up to be the game winner. I know it was just disheartening, and I'll and, get into it in a second. And the Brown brothers at the end basically tried to will us back into the game, but their efforts just missed a couple times, and we ended the night once again sad, full of yeah. sadness. And I thought as soon as that that guy turned to hit the ball, and it you know, it it looks like Matt Elder's out of position, but 
when when you rewind the tape and watch it multiple times like I did, he was in position to corral across like he should be, and it just like was mishit enough that was it was mishit in the exact perfect place it, it had to be mishitten to go in the goal. And then I'm thinking like, great, here we go again. After we just had our best soccer of the season, um, you know, and and we were we were just rolling. Um, we fall into the oddness of, of that weird clearance you talked about. We don't have enough men back on a corner kick, and that was ca- that caused Steve, who was back, to really make a decision. He was already on a yellow, so if he would have come through and just fouled that guy, he would have probably been sent off. So yep. it was kind of like a what do I do situation. In 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 hindsight, you're like maybe bring that guy down because then the tying goal doesn't happen, and then. The, the third goal, potentially, you know, you never know what happens after that, but that they don't get that breakaway. Or we just stop sending every center back forward on, on corner kicks when we don't need to. So it's kind of a, you <laughs> it know, it's like a little, a, it seems yeah. a little greedy. <laughs> yeah. So that, that makes us go from two, one up to, to two, two, and then down three, two. And we're one, you know, we were one step closer to killing off the three points again, um, but no, we weren't, and that is why soccer is a bitch. Yeah, heard I heard that. So I've got three things, three takeaways from this game that I'd like I'd like to get your feedback on, uh, not just from this game, but from this uh, from this the last two games in this homestand. The first one, um, to me, it looked like Med City kind of took a page out of Duluth's book, which was shut down Goose. They they probably saw some film last year. They know how dangerous he is. And once again, Goose was fouled every time he touched the ball in that game. Blatantly enough, and I'll and I'll I don't know if you were up there with me. I don't think you 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 were for the whole time. But there was that assessor from the USSF assessing, like doing a little yep. referee evaluation. He was yep. sitting right next to me, and the whole time he's commenting on how the refs should have stopped those fouls on Goose within the first ten minutes. Yeah, and he they should have pulled out the cards way earlier. He referenced something that's right up your alley. It was a Chelsea versus Man U game. Um, where every time Eden Hazard touched the ball, they for, for they followed him. Man, you would just follow him. And the referee, within 10, 15 minutes of the start of that game, once once he figured out what was going on, basically pointed to four guys and said, "Anyone else touches this guy, you either any of you can get a yellow." Mm-hmm. And and uh, and that, I thought that's all he had to do was just say, "Knock it off. You got you got to ease off this guy." And uh, and the total the total tenor of the game would have changed. And then. The next game, nothing like zero zero action from Goose really, which was which was a surprise. Uh, all the attack kind of went through Whitney. Um, definitely, Will took control a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And so my question is: Last year, Goose was a dangerous burner man, and it paid off for us. Whether it was him scoring a goal or him in the penalty box getting taken down, uh, you know, bring it. And, and this year, obviously, it's nice when he when he makes those attacking runs and draws fouls close close in but what is his role in the in, in, this year in this kind of a league if it's not to make runs well i think the simple thing is that he has a lot to learn to um particularly to get the ball into more dangerous positions on the field and, he, and we saw that last year where he he he's drifting more out wide where he has more space to operate but you know, perhaps we need him to kind of force the hand of the of the defense to not foul him out wide where we can't capitalize on it. Yep. Um, but to be in a more dangerous position where he's getting fouled, where it's either a penalty situation or it's a dangerous place for a free kick. But I think that's something that he will figure out in time. I mean, again, he's only 19 years old, which is hard to believe because he's he's been playing so well. I do think he's made his game a little bit more one-dimensional, which is a good thing um, to, to master one one way to play. But to vary that up a little bit is what he's going to need to show defenders. Um, and it really would help him make the other portions of his game better. And I think um, perhaps it's a little bit more off-the-ball movement where he's clearing out space for an uh, overlapping back yep. um, or he's, he's hitting that diagonal run that's getting slotted through instead of just kind of camping out wide. And, you know, it's, it's something that we've, we've, we've briefly talked about. And, um, you know, I, I want to spend maybe a little bit more time talking to him about it and maybe pointing out some some different players that play at the uh, at the top level in in the world and how he can kind of mimic what they're doing to make what he's good at, which is going at defenders, more dynamic. 
Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. And I think the important point is uh, that, that I think you made that I had seen is definitely some runs away from the ball. Definitely do some things when when the action is not in your side of the field that makes it that still keeps that danger in the back of your defender's mind. I think there are a number of times when he could even, you know, he could be faking the run and, you know, on the, on the, on the long diagonal pass, um, like you said, diagonal, you know, in towards the goal from, from the mm-hmm. wing um, would be nice, but it's just, uh, yeah. Add that extra element to your game and, or and even don't like just, releasing don't... the, releasing the ball before he gets fouled before like, there's three guys on top of you. Absolutely. Right, right. Absolutely. Cause now, so he, he goes by the guys. That's the thing. Like that's why he's drawing all the fouls because he's he's doing his job of breaking it. Yeah, they down. have to they have to put two three guys in front of him where he's just going to zip past. Right. So it's it's knowing when to release the ball as well before he he draws that foul. Yep. And then looking to get it back off of the release. So keep keep him guessing, man. Keep him guessing. Mm-hmm. Now, somewhat related to this, uh, I I think although we keep possession pretty well and we move the ball side to side nicely. We are most successful when we go forward. We're either drawing fouls or we're forcing mistakes, and that leads to goals. So my question, John, is what can we do better to keep that ball moving up the field? Like, what's our answer to the opposition putting in monsters like this uh, Mo uh, Taglian guy or Fusion's Lewis Grant, who was the other, who was like a goddamn lurch out there? (laughs) Well... The simple answer that I can kind of immediately go to is we need to do a better job of the link-up play. And, and what that will do um, is that we'll keep the ball on the deck and work the angles, um, not trying to go over the top of teams or through a team. And, and right now what it looks like is we have a goalkeeper with a bank of five players in front of him, a large gap, and then a bank of five of five players. Um, and we need we need to kind of up our movement off the ball, not just like we talked about goose, but other players moving off the ball and finding those pockets. And I think all this will help and we can, we can do it. We just need to, to work at it more. And I think the, the friendly games that we, we we're going to talk about next that we have coming up are ways for us to do that without, you know, running mindless drills in practice, you know, I, I call them mindless, be, um, not because they're not necessary in practice, but <clears throat> You, you eventually get to a point where you're numb to the tactic that you're trying to practice when you need to put it into play in an actual game setting. And I think that, you know, that's our next step in order for us to get better is to, like, what is that last final thing we're not doing and how do we incorporate it into, in, in, into an actual game? Yeah, so you bringing up the friendlies that we have coming up kind of leads <clears throat> us into the next topic. So I'm just going to skip the third thing. The third thing was really, like, We've got Sam Well coming back next week. How yeah. is he going to be fitting into the midfield? And, and is our midfield going to move into more of that possession base, keep the ball in the deck? You kind of answered that, so that's good. So let's let's move right into our uh, to that shit that should not have been spoken of earlier, <laughs> uh, the Minnesota United uh, scrimmage that we had on Tuesday night. The name that should not be spoken. Yes. <laughs> um, so, yes, Nate, speaking of, uh, of this week, we were invited to play in a closed-door training match against uh, our, our older cousins from across the river, Minnesota United FC, which we um, were both at, and it was awesome, and I think it was productive for both sides. Hopefully. And, John, before you get into this match detail, I think it's important to point out that Minnesota United requested a, 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 a weird-to-me level of secrecy around this scrimmage, but I understand— And a sense of urgency on, like, we need to play you now. And, and yeah, and you can't talk about it. You can't bring anyone. Yeah. Uh, and I thought, you know, that was kind of off-putting to me. But as I learned more about it and as I was there and, and kind of understood the atmosphere, I totally understand that it's in our best interest as an organization to honor that level of secrecy. And what I mean by that, just for everyone listening, because you know this, is that it's a great advantage to us, both for recruitment and for the development of our of our younger players in our development academy or whatever you want to call it to maintain this this relationship with Minnesota United and if we went against their wishes and that relationship could sour very quickly it's a it's almost a recruitment tool not only for not only for players that are out of college to say hey if you want to come and really get some some minutes against potentially some pros this year you got to you got to be on our team but really it's it's good to go to the indianas to the creightons to the uh to the uclas and say when they're home with us over over 
the summer break, your guys are going to be playing against professional soccer players. Mm-hmm. I think you're correct, Nate. The opportunity for our organization to create that relationship is one that I, I think, again, is really smart for both sides. Uh, for now, with no reserve side, um, it proves uh, it provides Minnesota United with a, a chance to get some bench players valuable minutes, then a chance for first team players to kind of rehab an injury um, or you know come off of an illness in a safe environment. Uh, and of course, um, trial players are interested in signing. And no, that's not to drop a hint that their new Scottish wing target uh, played, but he was there. He so, was, there. Uh, and he yeah, didn't he was... look that cold. No, he didn't. He de- he definitely didn't. Um, but for us, uh, you know, for us, it gave our team a chance to play uh, top-level pro talent, obviously. Yep. And you mentioned for guys in college or even from a development player perspective, you get to see what it's like at that level and what it takes from where you currently are at to get to that level. So I think the best example for, for me to, to put it um, you know, into practice is if you looked at Goose, who played 90 minutes yesterday, he went toe-to-toe with... Justin Davis, who's a well-known name, uh, you know, around Minnesota soccer households, and um, who's played over 150 appearances in the NASL and at the MLS level, and then Jermaine Taylor, who's an 84-capped international player for Jamaica, who has over 150 MLS games in his in his back pocket. Yeah, and and I think that you know Goose did really well, but for a a, and for a guy like Trey, who's out of school and wants to make that jump. to the next level, he tangled for 90 minutes with, you know, with uh, Ish Jom and Bashkim Kadiri um, and showed he belongs in the conversation at a higher level than ours. So all in all, this was a good thing because on, on top of all that other stuff, it gives us a chance to play soccer again, like I mentioned. And soccer is the best thing when it isn't um, being a total bitch to you and you're, you're playing against <laughs> a long ball factory. Like we, we performed well against professionals that put the ball on the deck and played good soccer. Yeah. And and it just shows that we can do it. We just have to figure out how to do it to get results in our league where soccer is maybe played in a different a different way or a lesser more attractive way to play. Mm-hmm. Um so let's talk a little bit about who played for us. We ran out kind of a fluid 18 as they allowed us to make re-entry subs because it wasn't really about the score line. It was more about working on things for both sides. So it was in in its in every sense of the of the description a training session for us. So on the on the roster sheet we had Elder Peter Ao Aj Abdallah Abdi Kadi, our uh, one of our development players Wexler Charlie Adams Connor Goose we mentioned Steve Javi Martin. Miles, Nick Hines, Whitney, Will Kidd, and also Trey, as as we mentioned. So what 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 exactly happened? What can we uh, say? What can we talk about that happened? Yes, here's what we can talk about. We played soccer against the pro team. <laughs> that is all. <laughs> um, Click. No. <laughs> um, so for them, without naming names, um, who played? But you can literally go on the internet and find out who was there per Star Tribune mentioning. Um, our session that we were having and who was going to be playing in it. Or you can just go to their website and look at the players that don't start on a regular basis and get a pretty good idea of, of who we, we sat up against. A good number but, of NASL holdovers were playing. Yeah, and the most expensive player on the roster. Um, who so, was but, a total dick? Oh, oh man. Um, so, <laughs> But they were able to get game minutes for these guys, and, and I think that's a well-needed thing for them as international duty starts to kind of suck more of their players' time and then uh, kind of compounded with that is the minutes start to stack up on the legs of the guys that are in camp. So it's good for them to to get that that game action. And we also saw they're good at soccer, even if it was their, you know, quote unquote reserve team. Yeah. They're smart, they're talented, they finished their chances. Um, they scored some goals that we're not really allowed to talk about. Um, but it the score line um, was not reflected like it was last time we played them last year when they were, you know, in a different league when we lost nine to one, um, we played much better. Um, and then their Scottish winger, um, got a chance to, to watch the organization, you know, play a little bit. And the dude is, looks like a skinny teen. Isn't he 19? I think he's like 22, but still oh. looked like he looked, he looked really young. Um, and it looked as though, um, you know, at least they outfitted him and his manager with like full winter Minnesota United gear. So he was a lot warmer than we were. So, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. That's um, but sure. what, but that's kind of what we saw from them. Um, 
quite a few actually first team players came out to watch, which was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And and I overheard a few of them talking as I was you know making my way to the locker room on how great of an experience it was to watch some of the younger guys and some of the the non professional talent in the area. And they had kind of no idea who we who we are, which is equal parts fascinating and equal parts encouraging. You know, like yeah, like you you don't realize how many people in the soccer world are in this city are probably in their own bubble right right and like really famous soccer players in this area are like oh i've either heard of you or like man these guys were were pretty awesome for whoever they are kind of thing and you're like what you even heard of us (laughs) come on man we're on twitter (laughs) yeah fire up the app bro (laughs) so what do we see from ourselves nate well we um what we saw was well, we didn't find the back of the net, um, you know, to even further tip the scoreline. Um, but it, we saw the same style of soccer we've played all year, and it looked really good, I thought, it, at times against far superior talent than what we've seen in our division. And to me, that says a few things. We, we can move the ball and create chances and defend against top-level talent. Um, some, if not all of us, um, you know, saw that – they were either elevating themselves to the competition yes, um, or they were, the competition was running them over. So it was really good to see that, that there were some guys that were really fighting. I think one in particular was Charlie Adams. I thought Charlie was probably the star out there. Yeah. At, at a right back position. Couple of, couple of awesome tackles. He did a great job of locking his guy down. Uh, you know, I don't think any of the goals were scored from that side. There were a few times when, when balls were going through the box uh, or into the box, and he made some really precise tackles mm-hmm. that, um, you know. He just showed uh, fight. Yeah, right? he like, wasn't he wasn't just going to let guys spin him around. Right. And when he did get spun around, he fought hard to recover. And then maybe he wasn't the guy making the first tackle, but he was helping on the second tackle. Yep. So, uh, once again, really great opportunity to see him elevate into that, that at that competition level. Um, what we also saw is that they finished their limited chances and we didn't. We we did. I, I want to stress enough that we had opportunities to score goals. We just we just didn't finish. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, at our level, we tend to play down to competition instead of being elevated as a team. Um, and that is the thing in soccer that sucks so hard, and it happens to every team at every level at some point where you just play down to your competition, and it's so frustrating. Make soccer a bitch. Um, but it did show uh, me that our league, uh, we're going to need to find ways to grind out shit matches with shit refereeing in shitty circumstances against shitty players with shitty tactics. And basically, like yesterday, we just focus on the game and doing our job and all that other garbage goes to the wayside. And I think that I mentioned it earlier in, in the show that that's really what we have to take from that opportunity outside of how awesome is it for a guy to see a guy like Whitney Brown split the de- two defenders like Dimadov and Greenspan and and create a chance off the dribble that that on- that only happens to those guys when they're playing against top caliber forwards in that major league soccer so it's yeah. really great to see that you know and it wasn't that these guys suck by any means um, oh. I mean you can you can say what you want about about uh, one of the guys I mentioned and how badly he played. But um, just to see, like, isn't that awesome that one of our guys was able to do that and even just have the opportunity to do that? It's it's super cool. So it, it's a it's a way for us to build off of things and, and move forward, and, and that's truly why this match it was so great for us because we not only helped them, but they helped us. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that I was most <clears throat> impressed with how – certain players for on Minneapolis city were able to step up and, and compete against professionals. And I think you mentioned, you've mentioned Charlie. We've talked about Whitney, of course, you know, Martin looked like a natural out there, but he's, he's almost, he's 29 years old. Like that guy's, that guy's been on the soccer field for a long time and he had no problem uh, navigating around it. I thought, uh, as talking about a guy who doesn't back down, I thought AJ brought the attitude that, he had last year with the PLA to to this game, and he was able to just lay some hurt on some guys. And that's the <laughs> age that's the AJ that I like is someone that's that's uh, real 
uh, real choosy about the kind of the kind of physicality that he's using and how he imposes himself on a game, but it's very very effective. And there were a couple times when he was able to shut some guys guys down despite being you know a little bit a little bit smaller, which is another thing. Can you believe that a guy like AJ Alvers is not is not or Trey was not the biggest guy in this field? I mean that's something we're not used to. Or like seeing Connor Stevenson go up against Greenspan, who and Connor's a big kid. Greenspan is a, is a, is tall as hell. He's a giant, right? And skinny. But uh, the other guy, uh, last last guy I want to talk about is is Will Kidd. And you know we were impressed with him, of course, as, as striker. I think he was able to make a couple of nice runs when he came in uh, late in the game against his guy. A couple a couple dangerous shots, a couple a couple near misses. And uh, I was surprised. Like, I thought, you know, of, of anyone, a guy that, you know, didn't get a ton of playing time this year at Bradley, uh, you know, is joining up with St. Thomas, which is definitely a little lower division team, who's still able to compete at a very high level, and I'm really happy about that. Yep. Overall, thank you so much from Minnesota United for um, for having us in. Thank you, you know, for the opportunity to to showcase what we can do. Also, the opportunity to give your guys uh, some game minutes. Um, we look to uh, to do it again. Word. Sometime soon. So anyways, Nate, now that we've checked the MLS off of our friendly list, let's go back to, uh, to this Saturday. We go to Iowa and take on our old dear friends, the Des Moines Menace. Yes. Uh, a little refresher on who the Menace are if you have been living under a rock since 1994 or you were not uh, you were not there when uh, we played them last year or you just pretended to not listen to our show since the beginning. The Des Moines Menace were founded in the wake of the 1994 World Cup and the Menace have been blazing a pathway to the professional soccer for older college players for years. And what I mean there is... They have the opportunity within their their league structure to offer players, if not in college, and starring at uh, at a younger age. But being that they may be graduating and looking for a residency place to train and to play in the summer, and they um, they are a stepping stone and a well known stepping stone into the pathway to professional soccer, and have a long list of, of players that have played with them that have done so. So they play in the, in the PDL, which is the premier development league Heartland conference where they have never finished below fourth place, which is very impressive. Their best season was in 2008 where they were the league national champions. And in that season, they were actually the spoiler of the U S open cup that year, making it all the way to the fourth round proper before losing to the old fabled Rochester Raging Rhinos. Uh, <laughs> Is that Minnesota or uh, New York? Uh, no, that's New York. Uh-huh. Um, so notable former <laughs> players of relevance on that 2018 team was none other than current injured city midfielder Dan O'Brien. So he got some minutes with uh, with that team and was able to uh, to pull in some, some hardware. But I'll keep it brief. So what's going on this Saturday? We have a glut of players who are going to be taking the trip off uh, as a, a calculated rest yeah. because they've been playing a lot of soccer. You know, we got um, two games coming up Wednesday and, got, and Saturday again. Yep, have two games coming up. So we're got, these guys are going to be taking some trip off. So we're going to get some minutes from some players that may have not featured as much thus far in the season. So much like Minnesota United did against us, we're actually using um, the PDL team match matchup uh, in our favor to get some of these guys some minutes. And we'll also have some trial players that'll be that have been in training for a few weeks that um, you know we've been taking a look at, whether it be for the future or potentially for later on in the season. Um, and I, I don't have exact names because I don't know exactly who is going yet, but these players are one ones um, that have been in and have been training with us for for quite a few weeks. That's nice because we uh, <laughs> there are a couple of times we've hoped to see some of these guys come out and they haven't made it. Uh, notably, of course, the friendly against the University of Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Maybe this uh, maybe this friendly against Minnesota United. We've really only seen seen the same one, so it'll be kind of good to see what the other what the other guys have to offer. Right. So, so what, what are we, we going down there for? Like, what's why 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 play this friendly basically in the first quarter of our season? So we talked a little bit about how you know Minnesota United used their the game against us the the training session against us for their benefit and I just mentioned it again that we're going to be using it to um, to get some some guys some minutes but we're going to go out up there 
over there, whatever you call it, wherever you're coming from, down there, left there, <laughs> right there, whatever, to play some good soccer, have some fun, and as always, tear up Des Moines, the city of Des Moines, after we are done playing. Yeah. Um, but seriously, we just want to use this as another excuse to roll the ball out and work on things in, a, uh, in an environment of quality. So, you know, you can you can play against, you know, not to slight – you know, Minnesota United or going to play against Shattuck St. Mary's um, or any other team that we've played against from a friendly perspective, it's invaluable to be able to work on things in a high-pressure, well-oiled environment like an MLS team or a PDL team. So that's that's kind of 1A, 1B of what we're looking for. Yeah. Um, you know, so, that I mean, that's really what I look to take away from it. I don't know if you have any thoughts on it. Yeah, I mean... I, I kind of would like, and it's, maybe this is maybe this is out of out of place, but I would like a little, little. I'd like you to explain a little bit more about what you mean. Like, what does that look like when we we have honed our game to the point where we can compete against guys Minnesota United and not totally embarrass ourselves like we did last year? We can hopefully compete against Des Moines. Like, what does that adjustment look like to to all of a sudden stop playing quote our brand of soccer? What do you mean by our brand? What do you mean by well, stopping? like, like I think I think what you've been implying in a number of times is that there is like a higher level of soccer that we've been training our guys to to play, but that it hasn't really worked out for us in the in this uh, in the NPSL environment. So, like, what does that look like? How do we how do we make those adjustments? Well, what we do, Nate, playing the, this higher level of competition, when you continue to to hammer home that style of play. Um, you throw results out the window. So the, the pressure cooker of having to get three points is, is no longer there. And you can relax in that structured quality environment and just try to do what you do best. Yeah. And you don't have to worry about, okay, great. Now we're down a goal or two and we have to start lumping balls forward. You can continue to play your style of soccer and get better at it. So and like that, your style starts to become a little more muscle, more like muscle memory, where you know even mm-hmm. it's easier to recall and easier to execute even when you're stressed out and when you're down a goal or two goals early. Correct, Aha. and I think that that is that is invaluable at, at, at this um, this juncture in the season where we need to get better, where um, you know we're always going to have to be figuring out how to grind out wins, but what we're going to see is that <clears throat> we can handle when quality comes at us. So then our next step is to figure out when I talked about, you know, shit tactics and shit refereeing and all that stuff that is the garbage that comes with soccer at our level. Um, we know that's going to come and, and we know what we have to do. If we can continue to play our style against better players, we just carry that right into the garbage and we forget all about it and we just do our thing we, and we don't worry about anybody else but ourselves. That's awesome. So what can people do if they want to take that road trip to Iowa and, and catch us in action for possibly <laughs> for free? Yeah. So uh, very simple. Get in your car, drive down there and join what I like to call the founder's tailgate. And what I mean by that is Dan and I will be drinking beer in the parking lot and perhaps firing up a grill. <laughs> um, and Sarah's going to be down there with us um, as she's unable to make uh, a few of the other away games. She. She's sacrificing her time this weekend to, to come to Des Moines with, uh, with Dan and I and act like idiots in some other city. Um, <laughs> but uh, the Founders Tailgate will we'll be firing up a grill and have a cooler full of beer. So we'll send up, the, uh, we'll send up the, what I like to call the, uh, the, the crow signal on Twitter when we get there. And really all you have to do is just pay attention to it and uh, come join us. You know, cool. have a good time. Um, and we do have some comp tickets that we'll post on Twitter if, um, you know, we're going to let the, the, the players' families have the first shot at them. And then uh, if, if you are interested in coming down, we'll give you uh, an avenue to, to hit up the club at the end of this show so that you can uh, potentially snap up one of those tickets. But it's actually Ninja Turtle Night. Woo, so the de- fun. The, yeah, the details on that are, uh, and you heard it correctly, friends, um, it is uh, Youth Soccer Night, and they are having the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles I'm sure the originals will yeah. be there uh, in the house. So the the match kicks off um, under the lights at 7.30 p.m. at the beautiful Valley Stadium in northwest Des Moines. So we hope to see you there. That's an outdoor stadium? Mm-hmm. Nice. Yep. It's a really quality uh, facility. They really do a great job there. They draw, you know, a couple thousand fans. Uh, they've been hyping our match, um, you know, locally. So, <coughs> excuse me. 
you know, regardless of the result, we're going to go out there and play some good soccer and have a good time. All right, man. Um, one thing I want to note here before we, we wrap up the show is congratulations to non-league team Christos FC for their Open Cup win tonight against uh, the PDL side Chicago United FC, which is the uh, <clears throat> excuse me the affiliate of the Chicago Fire. A 1-0 victory what? now now puts Christos in a position to go across town in Maryland and play against none other than D.C. United in the fifth round of the Open MLS's Cup. own D.C. Big ups to Christos FC. I know. It's awesome. Um, they're part of kind of the Soccer Digest non-league group that we're in with Harpos and Bavarians and Providence. And, you know, pretty much anyone um, of note outside of uh, Detroit who does their own thing and they don't need they don't need us. Um <laughs> Yeah, uh, is, is part of that kind of soccer collective of, of like-minded uh, non-league teams. But really getting behind the little guy in the Open Cup. Uh, I posted on Twitter today, but you can go to the U.S. Open Cup feed on, on Twitter or the U.S. Open Cup website, and they did a nice little uh, little piece on Christos. Yeah, that little featurette is, is uh, heartwarming. Yeah, you know, they, Christos is actually a discount liquor store that sponsors this team, and you know, since 1997, has has been racking up uh, victories, and and they actually, if you're if you're a friend of the show and you pay close attention, they're the team that beat the Bavarians in overtime to win the U.S. Amateur Championship last summer. Oh, so they um. <clears throat> You know, they're they're much like us. A lot of guys with day jobs that practice once or twice a week and, and just go out there and get after it. And it's really great to see someone like that making a run, and we wish them all the best as they go up against D.C. United. And no one likes them, so let's go Christos. So that is all for the show tonight. Thank you, as always. Big ups to our sponsor, Summit. We've got two home games ahead of us, so get out to your local liquor store and fill your game day coolers with delicious Summit. With all their offerings, everyone can find something to enjoy while watching City pick up those vital three points. Memberships are still available. Time is running out. $60 gets you a season pass, a fancy membership scarf, and a member's vote, and the spiritual reward of holding soccer in your heart. (laughs) If you just want to check out one game or two, maybe you're coming from out of town or have a busy summer schedule or just lazy, single game tickets are now on sale Eight bucks gets you in if you buy a head online. Otherwise, ten dollars gets you in at the door. Head on over to Minneapolis MPLSCitySC.com and get whichever entry method you want to the fun today. Hey, if you follow MPLS City Minneapolis City on social media, you know that we're out in the community. We're in the centers. We're in the parks, helping kids of all backgrounds connect to soccer, whether it's pregame clinics or YMCA programs. We need the help and support of you, the people. If you're looking to align yourself with a fine group that loves to give back, you are in luck. Minneapolis City is a 501c3 that does good on and off the pitch by providing those less fortunate a healthy and safe environment to play the beautiful game. And of course, every donation is fully tax deductible for you bean counters out there. Consider giving to the club that gives back. If you want to get a hold of us, We've made it easy. Send us a note on Twitter at the People's Pitch or through email, which again you never do. First time for everything. MCSCpodcast at gmail.com. All questions, comments, and concerns are welcome. And finally, as always, you can hit up the club at MPLS City, which is important if you're looking for a free way to get into that Des Moines match. <clears throat> That's all for this week. We will see you next week with results from the Des Moines Menace match and previews of our match against Aries, who I took in uh, uh, one of their matches today, and Sioux Falls. And I think it's high time we get some player input on the show, Nate. What do you think? Yeah, we got to make that happen. We will make that happen. So we're going to let you leave this evening with our house band, Go Get em Tiger, as always, as they take it away with a new jam from their fourth coming ep in july this is the world premiere of the song we live with the pines i am john that is nate and you are the fans enjoy your evening folks later dudes you got uh, turtle power <laughs> <laughs>